you have your Bibles, take them to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to begin a new series uh, starting tonight. Uh, it's going to be a topical series. Uh, usually we'll preach through books of the Bible, but I, I want to begin a study tonight um, on the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines. Donald Whitney, in his book on spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life, says discipline without direction is drudgery or work. Discipline without direction is work. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, we read, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. We discipline ourselves for the purpose, the direction, the purpose is godliness. And so I want to begin this study tonight, and, and this will last uh, several weeks, maybe throughout the entire summer. Um, and week by week, we'll take a different spiritual discipline. I've entitled this series, Rooted. Rooted. And that comes from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted. Paul's saying we're rooted, we're grounded in Christ, and then we're built up in Christ. And, and I believe as we begin to take these spiritual disciplines, these means of grace that God has given us, and we begin to put them into practice, and, and our faith becomes rooted in these things, and through these things, that we will then be built up. We will grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so tonight, as we think about rooted, right, spiritual disciplines, I want to begin with Bible intake, reading the Word of God. Let me ask you some diagnostic questions. Do you love to read? Do you like to read? Do you hate to read? Right, our passion for reading anything varies from individual to individual. If you do like to read, what do you like to read? What are some of your areas of interest? So when it simply comes to reading, some of us have more desire than others just to read. We have different interests, different topics that we like to read. So tonight, I want us to think about taking the Word of God into our hearts and into our lives. And we begin with Bible reading, Bible intake, because it is so important, right? The Word of God, this is the Word of God, and we know that our God speaks. God has spoken. God has revealed Himself to us, right? He communicates to us. Scripture says all Scripture, all Scripture, all of God's Word is God breathed. It is spoken, breathed out by God himself. The creator, sustainer, ruler of the universe is communicating to you and to me. Right? This is God's word to us. And if we desire to know God, then we must read his word. He has spoken. Will we listen? So as we think about Taking God's Word into our hearts. Let me just draw our attention to three things tonight. Number one, hearing, hearing 
God's word. We must discipline ourselves to hear God's word diligently. Why? Because you won't hear it by accident. You won't accidentally hear the word of God, right? You have to put yourself in a position to hear, and you have to be intentional as you seek to hear God's word. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, it's not sufficient to just hear the word of God. Right? Jesus says, blessed are those who hear and what? Obey. But notice the method Jesus encourages in this verse, right? Blessed, rather, are those who hear the Word of God. The method is we hear the Word of God and then we obey it. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Faith comes through hearing, from hearing, and hearing comes through hearing the Word of Christ. We need to hear the Word of God. Now, how do we do that? Well, ultimately, we hear the Word of God, the spoken Word of God, through preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And this is where we see the need for the local church. This is where it is important for you to put yourself in a local church. For most of you watching, that's Northside, right? You begin to sit under the authority of the preaching of God's Word. This also speaks to, I believe, the necessity of small groups, being engaged and involved in a Sunday school class where there is someone teaching, whether it's more interactive, discussion-based, or whether it's more of a monologue where the teacher just teaches, either way, right, to sit under the hearing of the Word of God. Now, when we come to this time of Sunday school class, sitting under the Word of God, hearing the Word of God taught, discussing the Word of God, or in a worship service where you are sitting under the preaching of God's Word, it is very important that we prepare our hearts to properly hear the Word of God. So, just a couple suggestions. Number one, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. When you gather Sunday morning to worship with us, when uh, you're gathering online at Zoom for Sunday school, or when we can gather together again in person for Sunday school, bring your Bible. If you're watching the worship services, listening to the preaching of God's Word from your living room or the, the dining room table, Take the Word of God, put it before you. Have a copy of the Word of God in front of you, right? And remove distractions. Remove distractions. We can't hear very well if we're distracted. Right now as I'm teaching, my left ear is completely stopped up. Uh, I've had issues with uh, my ear in the past, and it stopped up, and if you deal with your ears getting stopped up at times, man, you know it is a nuisance, right? If somebody's standing on my left side talking to me, I, I can't hear them. Even talking right now, teaching, it sounds weird to me because I can't hear with my left ear. It is a distraction, and it hinders me from being able to hear. When it comes to hearing the Word of God preached or taught, we need to remove 
as many distractions as we possibly can so that we can hear the Word of God. So when we talk about hearing the Word of God, primarily we're talking about the preaching, teaching of God's Word. But we can also hear the Word of God through sermons that we can listen to on the radio, podcasts right, that we can download. We can even listen to audio versions of the Bible read and spoken to us. So we hear. We need to hear the Word of God. Secondly, I want to focus on reading God's Word. Reading God's Word. So let me ask you a couple questions again. Number one, do you own a Bible? You probably do. How many copies do you own? Looking up on my shelf right now, I count one, two, three, four Bibles, just study Bibles sitting on, on my shelf. I have more Bibles at, at home. Do you have a Bible app on your phone? The answer to all of those questions is yes, and you probably have multiple Bibles. So then the question becomes this, are you reading God's Word? Jesus often asked questions about people's understanding of the Scriptures, and he would begin with these words, Have you not read? Have you not read? Right? He assumed that those claiming to be the people of God would have read the law. Have you not read? When Jesus said, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, surely he intended at the very least for us to read every word. Since all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, shouldn't we then read the Word of God? And the answer is yes, we should. So, let me ask you that question again. How often do you read God's Word? How often do you read God's Word? Well, maybe you wonder, well, how, how often should I read God's Word? I love what D.L. Moody writes. He says, uh, A man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain life for a week. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. We are to read the Word of God day by day. So let me give you three practical suggestions uh, for consistent Bible reading. I want to not only uh, use this time on Wednesday nights to, to, to teach you, right, so that you can learn some things, but also I want to make it applicable. All right, how do I begin to put this in practice? So three suggestions. Number one, it's simply this, find the time. Find the time to read God's Word. Now, I want, I want to stop for a second and I want to encourage you, all right? The Bible, God's Word, the canon of Scripture is 66 chapters, right? It's a, it's a big book. The Bible that I preach from every Sunday is over a thousand pages. You might be thinking, Pastor, how's that encouraging? 66 books, a thousand pages? How's that supposed to encourage me? But hear me. Tape-recorded readings of the Bible have proven that you can read through the Bible in 72 hours. Again, that may not encourage you. You may think, look, I can't stay awake for 72 hours. But listen to this. In 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, you can read through the Bible in a year's time. That ought to encourage you. 
that in 15 minutes a day, you could read through all 66 books of the Bible in one year. But here's the thing. You won't do that by accident. No one on December 31st will say, man, I accidentally read all 66 books of the Bible. No, you have to be intentional. You have to be consistent. So discipline yourself to find the time and try to make it the same time every day. For you, that may be in the morning. It may be at lunch break. It may be in the early evening. Some of you may do best at night, right? Just find the time to open the Word of God and begin to read it. Number two, find a Bible reading plan. Find some sort of plan that will help you work through the Bible. There are many different reading plans. You can read the Bible in a year. Some plans have you read through the Bible in three years. You just take it at a much slower pace. Two years ago, I determined to read through the entire Bible in 90 days. I was reading nine or ten chapters a day, and by the grace of God, I did it. It was like I was drinking from a, a fire hydrant. I mean, it was, I, I don't know how much I retained, but I was able to say I read through the Bible in 90 days. There are chronological reading plans. You can read the, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, right? There's, there's all sorts of different reading plans. You can select a particular book and read it, right? You take 1 John, for example. It's five chapters. You could read that in 15 to 20 minutes. So find a time, find a plan that will take you systematically, right, in an organized way through the scriptures. And third, find at least one word, one phrase, or one verse to meditate on each time you read. Now, we'll talk more about meditation next week. But as you read the Bible, choose a word. Choose a verse and just meditate on it. Go back to that verse multiple times throughout the day. So without meditation, you may close your Bible and not be able to remember a single thing you read. And if that happens, your Bible reading is not likely to change you. So here's my question. Will you commit to reading God's Word daily? You say, Pastor, it's hard. I don't know if I can do it. Let me read for you about uh, a man by the name of Robert L. Sumner. He was an evangelist. Um, and uh, he tells of, of a man in Kansas City. This Robert Sumner tells of a man in Kansas City who was severely injured in an explosion. Robert says that this man's face was badly disfigured. He lost his eyesight as well as both hands. He had just become a Christian when the accident happened, and one of his greatest disappointments was that he could no longer read the Bible. Then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. Hoping to do the same, he sent for some books of the Bible and Braille. But he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips had been too badly damaged to distinguish the characters. One day, as he brought one of the Braille pages to his lips, his tongue happened to touch a few of the raised characters and he could feel them. Like a flash, he thought, I can read the Bible using my tongue. Robert Sumner comments on his book, right, uh, that he ended up reading it four times. He read through the entire Bible four times by reading it with his tongue. 
If that man could do that, then you and I can find the time to open the Word of God and read it every day. So hearing God's Word, reading God's Word, and thirdly, studying, studying God's Word. Donald Whitney, in his book on spiritual disciplines, gives a helpful illustration in contrasting reading God's Word and studying God's Word. He says, reading the Bible can be compared to cruising the width of a clear, sparkling lake in a motorboat. He said, this provides you an overview of the lake and a swift, passing view of its depths. He then says, studying the Bible is like slowly crossing that same lake in a glass-bottomed boat. This takes you beneath the surface of Scripture for an unhurried look of clarity and detail that's normally missed by those who simply read the text. Jerry Bridges writes, Reading gives us breadth, but study gives us depth. Oh, how I want us to be a people who not only hear the Word of God, and we read the Word of God for breadth, but that we also study the Word of God for depth. Donald Whitney observes the basic difference between Bible reading and Bible study is simply a pencil and a piece of paper. So you can sit down, you can take 1 John 5 chapters and read it in 15 or 20 minutes. But perhaps you feel led to take 1 John, take a pencil and a pen, and you spend an entire month in 1 John. You read through each chapter four or five times, breaking it down verse by verse. And so as we begin to study the scriptures, let me give you three steps that will help you. You say, well, well pastor, how do I study the scriptures? Well, you can have a, a good commentary. You could have a, a study Bible, a reference guide, right? The the, the back of your Bible, right? You can, you can use that where you look up different words. But three steps that will help you as you begin to study the Bible. Number one, start here. Observation. Observation. As you read a verse or as you read a section of Scripture or a chapter of Scripture, begin with observation. Ask this question, what do I see? What do I see? Are there any themes that are, that are there? Any words that are repeated? Are they quoting any verses from other scripture? Just simply ask the question, what do I see in the verses that I just read? Then the second step is this, interpretation. Interpretation. Here's the question we ask. What does it mean? What is, what is the author of scripture saying? What is God communicating to us? What does it mean? This is where a study Bible or a commentary may come in helpful, right? This is where we have to learn, right? The process of studying. What does this mean? Then the third question we ask is this, application, right? The third step is application. And the third question we ask is simply, how does it work or what difference does it make? So we start with observation. What do I see? We then move to interpretation. What does it mean? And then we move to application. What difference does this text make? How is this text, these words of God, going to change my life? Now, Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Disciplines, Celebration of Disciplines, gives us a necessary warning. He says this, All too often, 
people simply rush into the application stage and they bypass the interpretation stage. They want to know what it means for them before they know what it means. So I want you to begin to learn how to study God's Word. And as you're studying the Word of God, don't just skip to the, okay, how does this apply to me? But before you say, how does it apply, you need to understand what do these verses mean? And then, how does this apply? How is this going to change my life? Look, if we're going to be rooted, if we're going to be rooted, right, and built up in Christ, then we have to become a people who hear the Word of God, read the Word of God, and study the Word of God. R.C. Sproul said it painfully well. He said this, Here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's Word not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy. And I would add to that, ouch. That statement is convicting. It, it convicts me and, and maybe it convicts you. But look, I don't want you to, to end this time tonight in despair. I want to finish by just encouraging you. Look, you will never read the Bible, study the Bible, or understand the Bible alone. You say, Pastor, you're just filling me up with encouragement tonight. How is that encouraging that I can't do this alone? Because here's the good thing. You don't have to. You don't have to do this alone. The psalmist says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes. Who is opening our eyes? God is. We are asking God to do the work of opening our eyes so that we can understand His Word. We're not reading this alone. David Mathis in his book, Habits of Grace, writes, When we get alone with the Bible, we are not alone. God has not left us to ourselves to understand His words and feed our own souls. No matter how thin your training, no matter how spotty your routine, the Helper stands ready. Take up the text in confidence that God is primed to bless your being with His very breath. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes and give you understanding. I want to quote, uh, close by giving you one more quote. This is a quote by uh, a Welsh pastor named Jeffrey Thomas. He says this, I love this. Let the word break over your heart and mind again and again as the years go by. And imperceptibly, there will come great changes in your attitude and outlook and conduct. You will probably be the last to recognize these. Often you will feel very, very small. They will feel very, very small because increasingly the God of the Bible will become to you wonderfully great. So go on reading it until you can read no longer. And then you will not need the Bible anymore. Because when your eyes close for the last time in death, and never again read the Word of God in Scripture, you will open them to the Word of God in the flesh. 
that same Jesus of the Bible whom you have known for so long, standing before you to take you forever to his eternal home. Brothers and sisters, don't give up. Continue to hear the word of God, to read the word of God, to study the word of God. If you're not doing it, start baby steps. And if you stick with it, if you, you're faithful to take the Bible into your life, you will see that the Bible, the Word of God, God Himself will change you. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. And let's get in the Word. Would you pray with me? Father God, for the individual who is struggling to read your Word, Lord, would you give them that desire? For the person who is reading your Word, but Lord is failing to understand it, Lord, would you open their eyes that they may behold wondrous things out of your law. Lord, for the individual who is struggling with a particular area, Lord, may the word of God speak to that area. Lord, we just pray that we would be faithful to take the word, your words, the words that you have spoken to us, communicated to us, and to take them into our hearts and our lives. We know they will change us. We know the Word of God is living and active. So, Lord, we know, we know that you can use the Word to transform us. And we pray that you will continue to do this. And, Lord, as we continue to study these spiritual disciplines, may we train ourselves for godliness. May we be rooted and grounded in Christ so that we then will be built up in our knowledge and understanding of Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.